0: Hi everyone, I'm Alessandra, your Sexual Assault Safe Haven podcast host, and I am so happy you are here today. I'm a high schooler who wants to create a community where victims of sexual violence feel safe, heard, and understood. On this podcast, we will be talking about recovering from trauma and sexual violence, reporting sexual assault, safe spaces, safe relationships, and more. I want to share some of my personal experiences with you to inspire you to use your voice and illustrate that you are valid. Now, first, I'm going to share a little bit about the intentions of my podcast. I really want this podcast to cultivate a community where people are not scared to use their voice to set boundaries, stand up for themselves, or say no when they feel uncomfortable. I also want to help people who are recovering from any type of sexual violence to realize that they are not to blame, that they're loved, and that they're valid. And I invite them to come along this healing journey with me because, you know, at the end of the day, we are all still on our own healing journey, even me, and just know that you are not alone and if anyone is in need of help right now the rain sexual assault and abuse and sexual violence national hotline is 800-656-4673 so today's episode is my very first episode and i'll be sharing a little bit about my own experience with sexual assault so First, the triggering content warning for this episode includes sexual assault and discussion of trauma. So, if that is triggering in any way, please, please pause this episode and feel free to come back to the next episode if you would like to continue along this journey with me. Okay, here we go. I have not shared my story with too many people until kind of recently. And it can be really scary to be vulnerable especially online but i think opening up about my story has really helped me process what has actually happened to me with the support of loved ones too many adolescents and children in our community have experienced some type of sexual violence and maybe suffering in silence or unaware how to get help and i hope that through sharing my own story I can reach out to you and let you know that you are valid and you have safe space on this podcast. And I just wanted to share my story so you all can get to know me a little bit more and, again, know that you aren't alone. Okay, let's get into it. So, like I mentioned earlier, I'm currently 16 and next year, or this coming school year, I will be a senior in high school. Everyone may deal in trauma With trauma in a different way so please don't compare my experience with yours as we all have unique experiences. So first we're going to go back to a time with little Alessandra. When I was younger I always felt very loved in my family. I started ballet at age of three and then competitive swimming at six. I did gymnastics, rhythmic gymnastics, piano and cello lessons and I also took kung fu at school. Needless to say, I was really active, really busy, and had lots of different hobbies. So I started Kung Fu as part of my school's after-school program once a week in first grade, and I went to an international school with a separate French and Chinese program, and I was part of the Chinese program, so I learned how to speak Mandarin. And in second grade, I decided to continue with my Kung Fu after school. And being one of the few kids to take the Kung Fu class two years in a row, my instructor already kind of knew me pretty well. Um, And most of the kids in my Kung Fu class were from the French program and didn't speak Mandarin. So I ended up getting the feeling that my Kung Fu teacher really liked me. He was really nice to me. His English wasn't the best, so sometimes he would speak to only me in Mandarin and English to the rest of the class. So He thought it was kind of impressive how I spoke Mandarin very well, especially as a Caucasian with parents who both didn't speak uh, Mandarin either. And he would joke around with me and treated me differently than he did the rest of the students. So in Kung Fu class, we had a uniform. Um, We had to wear our Kung Fu sweats and our Kung Fu shoes. And I remember on a hot late summer's day, I wore shorts to school, and I completely forgot to bring my kung fu sweats and shoes. Once I got to kung fu class, I remember my instructor getting really mad at me and angry for not bringing my kung fu clothing. Anyway, later in the class, we followed our routine, you know, our schedule with some stretching on the wall, We all had to spread out and find, like, door ledges or handles in the gym because we didn't really have anywhere else to stretch. So we had to put one leg up on the door ledge and stretch. Being a ballet dancer, I was more flexible than lots of the other students. And my instructor would come around all the students to kind of help us stretch. So this day, when I was wearing my shorts and forgot my kung fu sweats, he came around to me, he came behind me, and, you know, was kind of joking around with me like he normally did. Then, as he kind of helped me stretch and put a hand on each of my legs, he slid his hand through my shorts and began to touch me. And he also... Said his hand through my shorts and then my underwear and seven-year-old me had absolutely no clue what was happening. The only thing I could actually conclude at the time was that I felt really uncomfortable. I can't remember if it was one week or two weeks later but this time I forgot my sweatpants again and I was wearing shorts. He got really mad and really angry with me again, and this was the second time that he touched me as we were stretching. This time, I knew something was wrong, and I put my leg down and sternly just said stop in front of all the kids and everyone in the dead quiet gym. But being a kid, I never really thought that teachers or instructors could harm you in that way and really hurt you Uh, especially the teachers that you thought you liked and thought liked you and now i realized that he was really grooming me this whole entire time so the next week when i had kung fu class i told my mom that i did not want to go she asked me why and that is when i decided to tell her what happened i didn't really know it was wrong and I just kind of told her because I felt uncomfortable and I didn't want to go. I didn't want to have that happen to me again. After I told her, I was incredibly surprised when I saw how shocked she looked. She immediately started telling me how what he did was wrong, not okay, and little seven-year-old me had no clue what sexual assault was, let alone anything really about my own body and my own body parts. So since then, I've talked to my parents and we have really discussed their approach to kind of help me understand like what happened to me and kind of their approach to, you know, handle the situation and believe in me. So first they took me to a doctor to make sure my body was okay. And then after that, they took me to a special unit in the police department in my local area for children who experience different types of abuse. There, I was asked to circle the body part where I was touched. And I do remember that this is one of the only places that I actually kind of felt safe and understood. Like, oh my God, finally, these like adult strangers actually believe me and are taking my word for what happened. The adults were really kind. They gave me a little stuffed animal to provide me with some comfort. That was nice. Um, And then the process of going to court took action. Initially, in second grade, my Kung Fu teacher pled guilty. But about a year later, he got a new attorney and claimed that he didn't understand what exactly he originally pled to and decided to plead not guilty. So here I am, one year later, at eight years old, And I had to go to trial. At this point, I really had no clue what was happening. Because everything in my world was kind of being run by the adults. I didn't really know when I was going to court. I wasn't sure if I was still going to court. Honestly, I had no clue what was happening. But I do remember the day that I did have to go to court. I was put on the stand in front of a room full of adults and complete strangers. You know, you have the people in the jury on one side and then all the attorneys, my parents were there, my grandparents. But I also remember having to look at my Kung Fu teacher straight in the eyes. And I remember seeing him walk into the court. I remember having to identify him and I was incredibly scared nervous, and honestly embarrassed. I was embarrassed to have to talk about my body and how I was violated in front of a room of adult strangers. And they did allow an adult who was also a stranger, pretty much a stranger, to sit next to me while I was um, on the stand and to kind of comfort me. She gave me a stress ball and I remember just fiddling it with the whole entire time and like ending up like dropping it on the floor and everything. When I went to trial, this is kind of where some things got a little messy in my case and I don't think I really realized how messed up it was until I kind of got older and was able to actually process more of what happened to me and understand it from a different point of view. So let's go back to after the assault. After I told my mom and she notified the school, my principal and vice principal had an interview with me, just me. I was taken out of class to go into a room with the two of them, and they proceeded to ask me questions. And one memory that will never leave my mind is when my vice principal decided to prop her leg up on a chair and asked me to touch her. Where my kung fu teacher touched me and in my head I was immediately like wait what like isn't that illegal isn't that just like completely wrong to do like my mom just told me that this is very violating and wrong and like why is my principal who's teaching me to you know obey society and like obey you know the school rules and whatnot why is she telling me to do This completely violating and illegal thing. So immediately, you know, I felt like she did not trust my words. And now she was forcing me to do something that I just learned was wrong and also made me feel incredibly violated. Why would I want to do that to her? So I didn't. I did not touch her where he touched me. And after being pretty hesitant, she kind of pressured me to, you know, repeated the question. Yeah, touch me where he touched you. Again, I didn't. I ended up touching her upper thigh. And this was all recorded. And then she went on stand for the defense in court. And they used this information against me in court. And as a result, my Kung Fu teacher was found not guilty. Here I was, this little seven-year-old girl who was being manipulated by not only my Kung Fu teacher, but now my school principals as well. The only people I knew believed me and I knew I could actually trust were my parents. I think it is interesting because as a seven-year-old, I really wasn't able to process what actually happened to me and I didn't really understand the gravity of what happened to me but in my sophomore year of high school I had to write a social justice letter for class and first I was kind of going to write about some other things that were happening in the world but as I talked about it with my mom she brought up the idea about writing about sexual assault and this was something that I actually hadn't considered before but that's what I ended up doing. And it was then that I started to really kind of process what happened to me. I looked at it from another lens, from an older person's lens, I guess. I realized how my kung fu teacher groomed me and also made me feel like it was my fault for not bringing my kung fu pants and shoes and clothing and whatnot. And I also realized how much the school took advantage of me to try and avoid a lawsuit. All these adults, you know, even the school therapist I was forced to see manipulated me. I did have to go see the school therapist in third grade only, I think, twice uh, before trial. And I had no clue at the time why I was seeing the therapist I didn't even know that it had to do with my sexual assault case, but I did learn from my mom that the school therapist tried to blame the sexual assault kind of on my parents' relationship or on my mom for kind of putting these thoughts in my head because, you know, I was just a 7-year-old girl who didn't know what she was talking about. Anyway, I look back and I remember how little control I really felt as all these adults had more power than I did. And no matter what, my word would never beat theirs, whether that was against my Kung Fu teacher or against my school. But from after the trial to sophomore year, when I wrote my letter, uh, I rarely ever thought about my sexual assault. You know, it was never brought up, never talked about at school or with any of my friends, and while I think some of my school friends might have had a little inkling or a little bit known what had happened, it was never openly discussed. I didn't tell anyone about being sexual assaulted besides my mom, who told my father and my immediate family, but I didn't tell anyone else until maybe around 8th grade when I was telling some of my friends in an intimate moment. And since then, I have shared a lot more about my story with many friends, which I've found has really helped me find support in my community and learn to properly process what has happened with the support of my loved ones. See, the interesting thing about trauma is that I'm now starting to process those emotions and understand those emotions that I wasn't able to when I was seven. That's like nine years later. And I now see my sexual assault through a 16-year-old's eyes instead of a 7-year-old's eyes and actually can better understand it. And I'm still dealing with some trauma and unpacking my emotions But I've gone through therapy to kind of help me with this, and now I really want to use my voice to speak up about sexual assault and help others do the same. As I mentioned earlier, it's rarely talked about in the community, and there's so, so, so many people who are suffering silently with sexual assault, sexual abuse, or all different types of sexual violence. And I now know that I was not to blame for being sexual assaulted. I was not to blame for the fact that my Kung Fu teacher didn't get convicted either. That was something I kind of blamed myself for because, you know, the whole incident with my vice principal and principal, and I was also seven, so it was kind of hard for me to communicate effectively with adults about this. And so sometimes I kind of blamed myself for the fact that my trial didn't go the way way it was planned, and my Kung Fu teacher, you know, was not convicted. And it was also not my fault that I was sexually assaulted because I forgot to bring my Kung Fu clothes. I know that my voice is valid, and I found people who support me and support my voice and the growth of my voice. So, anyway... That is a little bit about my backstory and my own experience with sexual violence. And if you can relate to this in any way, I really hope you know you're not alone and that you can find community in this podcast if you can't find it anywhere else. I'm so excited to start building this community with you all and share more episodes And I also am thinking of creating some episodes with interviews as well, so make sure to stay tuned for those. And if you want to learn more about sexual violence or try and find support groups, I have attached a link to a resource page I created in the podcast description box. In this resource page, there are so many resources with different definitions, legislation, kind of some videos and tips on recovering. You can find support groups, learn more about prevention and creating safe relationships. There are also book recommendations, learning how to support others, and lots more. Anyway, I really, really hope that you enjoyed this episode and follow to listen for more. Thank you so much, and I hope to see you next time. Bye!